Greetings and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5 Bayo. I am E5 Bayo. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, get a pillow. Hell, sit right here by me. Get you some water, some juice, some tea, some coffee. <clears throat> Hell, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. <laughs> 
Listen, y'all. I have been on this healing journey. This journey of detoxing, decluttering, revitalizing my life. Centering myself. And I have been just realigning myself. And I've been getting these messages, these things where visions or confirmations on what it is to do. And the first one was, you know, as I declutter my home, I'm decluttering my life because I'm doing it mentally, physically, spiritually, environmentally, and financially. And, you know, I, I started with just cleaning out the fridge because of what you put in your body and wiping the fridge down and cleaning it and defrosting it and, you know, cleaning everything inside and outside of it and the food just, you know, getting rid of it and getting on just strictly plant-based and vegetarian, like really going hard with it. Then it was the closet, pulling everything out, getting rid of things and putting things where they need to be, hanging up, folding, you know, getting rid of stuff. And, you know, then just um, making sure everything is where it's supposed to be, from towels to jackets to dresses and, you know, just keeping things in alignment. And, you know, with the bathroom and just, just the bedroom and, the books and, uh, you know, different parts. And as I declutter, organize, pieces of me start decluttering, organizing, and I'm seeing the transformation. And it's beautiful. It is good. It is wonderful. You know, um, today as I was redoing my my bed and just rechanging the sheets and readjusting everything. I notice the people that we are around, the things we ask for. Do we have the capacity, the mentality, the mental space to get it? We ask for love, a relationship. Uh, um, we ask for money, a better paying job. We ask for all these things, knowing that we are not in the space to take care of it, to get it, to appreciate it, but we want it. Growing up, I used to always, I remember my mom and my dad, and we all went to the Bronx Zoo. And my mother used to always tell us, you know, our eyes are bigger than our stomach. And I wanted a lollipop. I wanted a cupcake. I wanted candy corn. I wanted cotton candy. And my father was giving it to me, like, here. And my mother was like, you're going to be sick. Hard head, make a soft ass. Yeah, I know that saying. Hard head, make a soft ass. Keep on. And when I got finished, not only did my stomach hurt, I caught a toothache. Oh, that's how I remember this story so vividly because it was killing me. I wanted to just die. And you would think going through all of that as an adult, you would know better. Nope, we don't. 
We want the love. We want the good paying job. We want good friends. We want this. We want that. We want this. You know how old people say want in one hand and shit in the other. And if the old people didn't say it around you, I'm going to say it. Want in one hand and shit in the other and see which one come up first. That handful of shit. We want these things, not knowing that in our life, we're really not capable for it. We want it because either somebody else got it or our eyes are bigger than our stomach and we want something because this is what we need. Oh, my God. Not healing, not really taking care of yourself and putting yourself in a space where you can receive those things and maintain it. What's the use of asking for a good man and you can't maintain him? You, you too busy wanting a trophy. Even a woman, you, you want a trophy. You really don't have the mental capacity as well as the physical to take care of them or to even be with them, to cultivate anything. We want a company. We want, a, yeah, oh, we want this. We want that. We want this. But once we get it, the first thing we yell, oh, I can't be doing this. This is too much. Why well, ask for a plate? You asked for it. And now you don't want it. Nah. Nah, don't work that way. So let me tell you, I used to always say, not a perfect man. I wanted a good man. God bless the dead because he passed away. His name was Barry. Great dude. Great dude. Took care of himself, like really about his coin, all of that. But mentally, I wasn't prepared for that. I wanted it. I thought I was. But I had so much trauma, so much confusion, so much chaos in me that I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. And respect to him because he knew enough to say, let me walk away. Like, I, I healed just enough so I can get a relationship. Don't get it twisted, right? I can own my shit now. I healed just enough so I can get a relationship, knowing that I couldn't maintain it. I wasn't in the space to maintain it. I was in between. I was sleeping on someone's couch. My finances was really fucked up. Um... I was really starting out on spirituality. Like I was just going through it. And I'm thinking like most people do that. Okay. I get a partner. It can be easy. No, it becomes more complicated. Now then, okay. I got a good man. He lived in Harlem. He had his own place. He had his own company, you know, and he was very attentive. So his day off, he wanted to spend with me. My day off was never because he was already established. I'm trying to get my shit off the ground. So I would come out there, hang out with him and spend a night and then come home the next day. And he was very accommodating until he couldn't take it no more. I was like, not knowing, right? Real talk. Can you put my company in your name? He said, why can't you put it in your name? I was like, I don't know. You know, but you already established. He was like, nah, I think you need to rethink that. And I was like, oh. So he gave me all the information. Don't get it twisted. He gave me all the information on how to go about it. But I wasn't, like I said, mentally there. I wanted him to do it. Then I was like, well, can you give me the front money? He was like, so where's your money? How much money do you have? Real talk, y'all. I was like, I don't have none. <laughs> he was like, so is it my company or yours? He said, how are you supposed to maintain it? Like real talk. I was not there mentally. I wanted it. You couldn't tell I, everybody I was around. Nope, I'm going to get it. I can do it myself. Then I did it. I really did it, right? 
had a business partner, did it. And on my day of opening, I wanted him to be there, right? He had to work. He has his own company. But I'm like, oh, if you love me, you will be there. You will be there. And he didn't. And I blasted him, cursed him out, got on the internet, talked about him. Then every all my friends was going to movies. And I was like, why can't you come to the movie with me? And, you know, come and show you off with my friends. And he was like, I'm not here for them. I'm here for you. And then he would, y'all, let me explain. He'll be tired. This man don't work. He'll be tired. And I'll be like, well, if you, and he would stay up and, you know. And then one day he told me, he said, I love you so much, but I'll kill you. He said, so I'm going to walk away. He said, because what I don't need is a project. I thought you were a partner. And he walked away. I cursed him out. He blocked me. He was like, I'm not doing that. Now, mind you, we knew each other since I was young, right? When I was hustling out in the street and everything. So respect to him. And it was really sad because I really was not ready for a lot of these things. Because I was still dealing with past hurt from my ex-husband. You know, I was dealing with past hurt with just trying to go through the motions of finding myself. My father had passed away. And, you know, now I'm trying to hold on to spirituality. And I'm dealing with my health issues and where I'm going to lay my head. Like, I was going through a lot of things. And me, like a few others... But I can't speak for them. I can only share my story. Me thinking that, you know, a guy would come in and save it. You know, I was I was putting these guys as though they were my father. Because my father always made sure I had. He would come in like a father supposed to and take care of me. I am a daddy's girl. But what I did not realize was these men were my partners. They weren't my father. They did not have to take care of me. Anything that I had to do. Now, don't get it twisted. You're in a relationship. Yes, when people do things for you, they do it from the kindness of their heart and they love you. But I wanted them to do specific things. Like, here, give me money and pay for my company. Here, do this. Here, do that. And my stupid ass was living under the thought that, well, if I'm fucking, you supposed to take care of me. No, no. And he was being really honest when he said, let me walk away because he would have, because I knew him from the streets and he changed his life. But when you change your life, it comes with healing. It comes with boundaries. It comes with peace. And now I understand, but he's dead now. So I can't ever go back and, you know, tell him physically, spiritually. Yeah. You know, um, we pray for these things. And we get them. And then we complain about them. Because we're not in the space to take care of it, to receive it, to nurture it, and to maintain it. See, we all pray, oh, I need millions of dollars. I need money. I need money. We pray that prayer out of a month at least four or five times. Because we haven't gotten to the part of maintaining, of investing of coming out of that poverty mindset. Oh, I want a mate. I want a mate so bad. I'm tired of being alone. I'm ready. Are you really? I always ask the question to people when they ask me that and when I do relationship readings. And I ask them, 
Tell me five things that you want out of a relationship. It's always the same. Very rarely it changes. I want someone to love me. I want someone to, you know, be there for me financially. I mean, financially. I want someone to be there for me mentally. I want someone to, you know, be family oriented. <laughs> I want someone, you know, just to understand me to have a sense of humor. And I say, out of all of that, what do you give yourself? What? If you can't be there for you financially and you know that you're getting money and you don't, you broke before you even get it, then what is he supposed to be? He's then marry a bank, get a loan. Oh, I want somebody there for me spiritually. Do you pray? Do you maintain your spirituality? Well, I don't do it all the time, but so you want this person that comes to have their foundation already there. So what they're going to do, pray for you as well? No, they're praying for themselves. They're already taking care of themselves. Now I got to take care of you too. I know you lying, right? <clears throat> so, I'm sorry, y'all. Forgive me. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to win there to be there, you know. It'd be family-oriented. You don't even talk to your mama, your sister, your cousin, your next-door uh, in-laws. You don't talk to nobody. First thing you say is, I don't get along with my family. So you want him to be there with his family, and then you're going to become jealous, and then you're going to cause a riff in his family. Because you ain't, you don't even speak to your own family. Oh, I want him to be there for me, to support me. Do you support yourself? Do you eat right? Are you exercising? Are you drinking water? Are you taking care of yourself? Because you, you're marrying a doctor, a nutritionist. How many people are you marrying? How many people you want in your life? Before you start worrying about what you want from these people, how much do you give yourself? And let me tell y'all, for a long time, I came up short. I didn't give myself those things. I didn't. Oh, I deal with it. That was my, I, I can't speak for y'all, but I can tell what I say. Uh, I used to always sit there and be like, oh, when I get in a relationship, I start doing that for myself. So now you are dating a project. So two projects are dating each other. Y'all ain't partners. Y'all projects. They going through some shit. You going through some shit. And after a while, y'all find out you, you working on a science project and they working on a book report. Y'all don't even make sense together. So, and that was told to me. And I was like, wow, wow. But it was true. It was true. And when it was told to me, it was told I love because it was true. So we, we want these things. We don't even give them to ourselves. How many times have you pampered yourself? And I'm not saying, oh, I only pamper myself when I got money. Pampering yourself is not going out buying you an outfit. That's not pampering yourself. Sorry. Are you changing the way you eat? Are you doing daily walks? Are you meditating consistently? Just don't do it when I'm breaking up with somebody or somebody's making me mad or, you know, that's it. I lost my job or fuck this world. You mad at your family because they didn't give you something. No, no, no. Releasing. You know, I went through my pictures in my phone. The most simplest things can make the greatest, you know, outcome. 
I went through my phone and I had pictures. I had over 3,000 pictures in my phone. I just started deleting them. Like, yo, why do I have these? I went through my emails and just started deleting them. And then I went through messages that I didn't even know. And I'm like, wow, this person wrote me? Wow. And I started clearing that out. Then I was like, yo, let me start cleaning up my closet. Let me start cleaning up my cabinets. Because we get all these things and we hold on to them. What are you holding on to? What? It, if it's over and it's done and you don't have anything to do with these people, why are you still memories? Memories for what? It was done. It's over. It's over. These people are not even in your life. So what? And when you hold on to these things, you make blockages where new people, new love, new, new experiences, they're not coming because you're so filled with all the old shit. So why? Why? Just start releasing it. Start letting it go. Start just making sure you leave room for things so you can grow. No more of, I'm just holding it and... What are you holding it for? Are you the district attorney? Are you bringing up a case later on? Are you holding for a RICO act? Like, what are you holding it for? You know, there's no coming back. It's over. It's dead. It's gone. Release it. No, don't put it to the side. Let it go. Release it. It is there no more. It's no more there. It's gone. It's done. So now go live your beautiful life. And first heal before you start getting in any kind of relationship or you're wanting to do any kind of business venture, anything. It takes healing. The worst thing I, I ever was getting ready to do, and always going to shout out to Uncle Tim, is that, um, is that trying to get into a relationship when you know you haven't healed from the old one. Uncle Tim told me that. He said... I remember when he said, um, this guy wanted to date me and he looked at me and he said, yo, don't date no one yet. Heal. And that was the best advice he ever gave me. My friend, me and my friend was going through something and she, um, she went and got into a relationship. After I told her what Uncle Tim said, real talk, I was like, yo, Uncle Tim said we shouldn't even be in a relationship. Ah, fuck him. Uh-uh, girl. And now that relationship becomes a crutch. It becomes where you can overlook the disrespect. You have to go over and beyond to prove yourself worthy of being with someone, knowing that they don't give a fuck about you. People will call me uppity. They'll call me bougie. They'll call me a lot of things. And you know what I tell those dudes? You're not even in my lane. I give zero fucks. I'm never, and never belongs to God. I'm never dating someone that's an alcoholic. I'm never dating anyone that's a drug addict. First of all, growing up, my pops took care of my uncle Nat. God bless the dead. My pops took care of my uncle Nat. And as kids, we saw it, but we weren't, you know, we would see it. We just knew uncle Nat was sick and we left. But that takes on a lot, a lot of issues because my uncle... He was, he was on dope. And my father and them all came around him. And when he couldn't stay at mama's house, he stayed with us. And my father sat there, never left his brother's side. And he made sure he was good. And you know what? Believe it or not, Uncle Nat did the same to my pops when he got sick. He never left my father's side. But he remembered that. And when I tell you, man, my father sat there and just 
the the things that Nat went through. And my father made, I never forget, we were sitting in the kitchen and he said, as long as y'all are living, I will never have y'all near that. And then when my brother got on drugs, my sister-in-law, my father told her, he said, you're not strong enough to deal with that. He said, either you're going to resent them or you're going to become just like them. And lo and behold, my sister-in-law became just like them. She started using drugs. Now, when it came to drinking, my father used to drink. My father was an alcoholic, right? Because he used it as him playing in the bands and things like that. And I remember one day he came home and my mother was questioning me about something and he swung on her. My mother went and got $100 worth of light bulbs, she fed him put it around the bed, called him. He jumped up. She was like, booby, he jumped up. She busted him in the head with a hammer. He stepped down, cut his foot and tried to chase it. And she was trying to kill him. And she told his mama, my grandmother, what part do you want? Because the rest is going to go into the meat grinder. And from that day forward, my father never drank nothing. And he used to always tell us a beer drunk is the worst drunk, but dealing with an alcoholic takes courage. He said, and that's something that you don't want. So I stayed away from that. Like I never, I, even in my, in my mental, I couldn't, you know, I don't drink. And believe it or not, when I got initiated, right, never forget it. I got initiated in Ogun, which is my father in Santo. He said, I don't even want you to have liquor in your house. They told me that it might die. And he's like, yo, you can't be around alcoholics because they will challenge you. And you, with your anger, will hit them and you'll spend the rest of your life in jail. So I don't be around alcoholics. I don't. I never forget I was on the train with my friend Ty. And he said, he'll always say this. If I wasn't with you, I would never believe it. We was on the train. Four trains down was this drunk dude. Now, mind you, I don't have anything on that ceremonial, anything to say I'm spiritual. Had my, my lace wig on with a hat on, you know, my jacket, my jeans. Like, I looked at regular. This guy came all the way down there. All these people are on the E-Train. We're going over to um, Rockefeller Center to go and see on 5th Avenue. We're going to see the tree. So everybody's bundled up. This guy comes straight up to me, drunk, and was like, who the fuck are you? And Ty's like, yo, and I just grabbed Ty arm. I said, no. And I started singing. I always sing to Oshun when alcoholics are around me, no matter what. And he was like, mm, yeah, this bitch, and just going off. And Ty was like, yo. I was like, nah, I can't argue. And I let them go. And they wind up going into another train. And before he got off that train, the police was right there to meet him and took him to jail. Another incident. Now, I'm already crowned. I didn't date my year in white, you know. And this guy wanted to date me. And I asked him, right? I said, yo, you drink? Nah, nah, I don't drink. I don't drink. So we go out to the city. We was over in Dumbo in Brooklyn, right? We was in Brooklyn. We was over in Dumbo. And I was like, oh, wow. So over there is really nice. It's really upscale. And we go to a coffee shop. He said, oh, I got to stop by the liquor store. I said, okay. This is his excuse. I got to get a leg wild bottle. I said, oh, okay, okay. So I brought something to, you know, throw into the trash for a leg wild and you know, the corners, and then we was over in the river, so I was taking honey. He was like, yeah, I brought you honey and stuff. Now, mind you, he's sitting in the car because we're waiting for some of the people to disperse. He's sitting in the car, he has a coffee cup, and he's pouring the liquor in, and I'm looking at him like, I ain't say nothing. Now, mind you, he had a big bottle. He four cups in. 
and I'm sitting there. And I said, yo, he said, oh, so where are we going afterwards? I said, man, drop me off. He said, what? I said, yeah, drop me off. Drop me off, like, over by Manhattan. And everywhere we was driving, the police was always right there. And I was praying, praying. I was like, please just get me there safely. Please, please, please. And I never forget, I went and I was talking to my godmother. And she said, you are the daughter of a goon. You can't be around people that drink. She said, first of all, they're going to either wind up in jail or wind up hurt. And you, you stupid ass. Yeah, that's what my godmother told me. She said, you're a stupid ass. She said, because Ogun fights your battles and you cannot be around liquor. See, I prayed to get crowned. I prayed to get all these things. I didn't really know how to maintain it at first. We pray for these things. We pray for jobs. We pray for money. We pray for incomes. And then when we get them, we want to complain. We don't want to follow through. We don't want to follow it. So the message today was clear as day. Don't ask for a plate and I give it to you. And now you want to complain? Because I can take all of it away. So I don't complain. And guess what? If I ask for it, I'm going to pray for the strength to understand it. And I'm going to pray to maintain it. Because that saying, here today, going tomorrow, is real. I've seen people rise up so high, but they still live in the poverty mind state. And they lose everything. And you would just be sitting there like, yo, what happened? Oh, I had to take care of my mother. I had to take care of her. No, I put people in positions where they can make their own money. But it's up to you to maintain it. I'm going to hold my position. What about you? And then when they don't have it, the first thing they yell is, oh, my God, I wish I had. But you had it. You fumbled the bag. You fumbled this. You can have a good partner when you start asking questions. See, we want these relationships, but we're not willing to ask the questions. Do you go to the doctor? How do you feel about your health? What's your credit score? Are you working on yourself? What are your life goals? We don't want to ask that. We just want a rum in the hay, or we just want to make sure we got somebody. Are you still dating your ex? Are you, do you have a girlfriend that don't know she a girlfriend and maybe your girlfriend? Or do you have a boyfriend that don't know? Are you, is your man in jail and I'm just somebody that you just need to spend some time with? Because I noticed that I can't speak for nobody else, but I was dating a lot of projects. Why? Because I was a project myself. I wasn't a partner. I didn't have partner mentality. I was project. I needed help like they did. So, of course, I'm going to get the broken, the confused the, the liar, the cheater. I was going to get all that because I wasn't where I need to be. And then I would get offended when people called me on my shit. How? They didn't embarrass me. They didn't go on social media. They was talking to me. The greatest advice I ever got was from my godfather, Abby. He said, God, daughter, I can't tell you what to do. He said, but from this day forward, be mindful of who you bring next to you. And I was like, yes, sir. He said, no, for real. A lot of people want either a place or they want a space in your life. And if you are not healed, you have accepted, you accept the disrespect, you accept all of that that come with it. And then you have to ask yourself, what part am I ignoring in myself that I'm allowing this person to treat me like I'm garbage? My father made sure he told me every day of my fucking life growing up, you are the prize. 
A man can promise you the sun and the moon. You better have the stars in your pocket. And we would sit on my mom's step and he would just talk to me about life and his experiences and all of that. And I seen where my father did. Don't think it, it was my father cheated on my mother. He didn't have a kid outside my mother's, but he cheated on my mother. He swung on my mother one time. He stopped. He'd never do that. But he did a lot of things. He fucked up money. Like he did a lot of things. Because a relationship takes work. I get that. And back in those days was a different thing. If something was broke, they fixed it. This time in these days, something broke, throw it away and fuck with the cousin. Like that that's the answer to everything. But my pops knew that he wanted her at the end of the day. That was the only man I ever seen that would come home and give his full paycheck to his wife. She'll take care of the bills, give him some money back so his car fare. My father never came home to a bowl of cereal. I will never forget when my aunt came over. My aunt Pat, E.B.I.H., passed away. My aunt Pat came there and she told my mother. Now, mind you, she was coming there for some groceries. And she told my mother why he gets to eat first. Because I had to take my father's plate upstairs, right? She had made him a snack. And my father used to have this platter and his silver cup. And I had to run it upstairs to him. And I'm sitting there, right? Waiting. I really wanted her to give me $5 so I could run down the block and get me a breakfast biscuit from Miss Washington's uh, restaurant on Godborough Boulevard. But I had to sit there and wait for her and my aunt. So my aunt was like, why is he getting a plate sent upstairs? What about these children? What about these chaps here? My mother said, chicken, open up soup, open up the front door. I opened up the front door. She said, you see an eviction notice on there? She was like, no. She Turn that light on. So, you know, I'm a kid. I'm flipping the light on and off, on and off. She said, that's enough, goddammit. She said, my light's on. She said, open that refrigerator. I'm opening up the refrigerator. She said, and it's fully stopped. She said, because of that man upstairs. She said, matter of fact, the bag I'm giving you, he made it possible for you to have that. She said, and you live with a man and you over here begging for me. She said, that's why he get the plate. That's why he get the big piece of chicken. See, my pops did. My mother came into the relationship with four kids already. And he made sure he treated each and every one of them like they were his own. When she was living, when she was living on 134 in Rockaway, my father told her he'd get her a house. She said, I ain't renting. He said, no, it's yours. And he brought the house on 110 he said, if you want to go up there and get social services and all that, that's on you. But this house is paid for. And it sure was. Because on my father's side, that's what they believed in. Buying things and traveling. My uncle, my grandfather, all of them. My grandfather went to Italy. He went all over the world. My mother and them was known for the spiritual stuff and just staying local. They were known for putting things together, decorating. You know, they didn't really travel. Because my mother and them, they had this fear. You know, they grew up in a racist area where, you know, black folks didn't travel unless you came up to see family. My father and them went all over the world, you know. But they believe in ownership, own things. My father had a bank account. My mother didn't. She, she believed in putting your money in the pillow under the bed. My father believed in putting it in the bank. But how they worked and came together, one complemented the other. But at the end of the day... 
wasn't nobody going against them. If something happened to the kids, whether they were arguing or not, they put shit aside and made sure the kids was okay. If we didn't have lights, they found a way to make sure we had lights. So they did. They, they made sure we had things, you know, that was necessary. And they would take us on trips. But they had to learn how to maintain this. The same way we act for a good paying job. You get the job and they tell you, hey, you got to work on this day. And you got to do it. Oh, because you want to hang out with friends and them. Listen, let me tell y'all. I had one time I had the best job on the fucking planet. I used to work for Whole Foods, right? In um, Sandy Springs in Atlanta, Georgia. I came in on a position, right? where it was head cashier. I was right under the chick that was leaving. I tell you what, arrogant and putting, it wasn't putting a man, but I just knew I, I had to live a life, right? Because my kids, they, they were living their life, so I had to live a life. And back then, Whole Foods, when they were their own entity, they get paid every week, you cash a check inside Whole Foods, and then they would give you a check in between, right? Great job, great job. I wanted to go and hang out with my friend Ryan and all of them. They was going to a concert. And the girl was like, yo, you know. Now, mind you, I was asking for extra shifts, you know, because I wanted big checks. And she gave it to me. So now my friends and them, they going to concerts. Everybody going to hang out. And I'm like, yo, I ain't going. I ain't going to work. Fuck that. Because I want to go and hang out with friends. My bills didn't give a fuck about friends. My cell phone bill. I always loved the new cell phone, whatever update came out. So here it is. I wanted to chill out with friends. I had a man, you know. I never forget I was dating this dude. And I just wanted, you know, I got to live my life. I, I can't be doing this. Uh-uh. So I got, I got... I got let go. And they put me on the non-rehire list. Because that girl was so angry. And all because of pride. Pride. All because of pride. And I lost it. And I went right back to the love shack. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Even my friends, they were like, that was the dumbest move. And I was like, wow. And it was. It was the dumbest move. I remember just recently, I was trying to date this guy. And he had a drug habit. And I just knew. I knew. And at first, I was like, because, you know, some people can hide things real well, right? This is my healing journey. And some people can hide things real well. And i never forget. I was sitting in the room, and I was praying to Oshun, and I was like, yo, just show me. And everything came, like, she just moved the covers back, like, bow. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, nah, this ain't going to work out. First of all, I don't smoke cigarettes. So I'm not dating anyone that smokes. And I, I, I'm a, if I'm a go-getter and I'm going to make it happen, I need you to do it twice as hard as me. I need to learn something from you. But if you're just sitting there settled in what you just going to a soup kitchen and all of that. And one of my good girlfriends, man, I, I love her so much. She said, I know you ain't upset or hurt. I said, no, nah, I'm not. She said, I wish you would cry of a nigga to ask you for money. 
She said, I wish you would cry for a dude that didn't want anything out of life. She said, girl, I will punch you out. I said, yeah. But then I had to look at myself. Why would I want that in my life? Because there were things I was ignoring about myself. I was ignoring about my health, my weight, just everything. And, you know, you, you, you become that. You put that cape on and you want to help somebody else when that help should be turned inwardly and helping yourself. So everything in my life was falling to the wayside and I'm sitting here making sure this person is okay, being there for them. But the, the best thing in this world is the most hurtful thing. When you tell someone, oh, but I was there for you. And their number one word is, I didn't ask you to be. And they were right. Because the person I should have been pouring into helping, making sure I was good, was me. And the number one thing that most of us never love doing is being accountable for our own shit. We don't want that. We'll pass the buck and blame everybody else and, you know, oh, and we'll choke it up with, I just can't be alone. I need a life. Well, what kind of life are you getting? What kind of life are you signing up for? And then you have to ask yourself, where do you see yourself with this person? Where? Where do you see yourself with this person? Where? What's coming out of it? What is going to transpire? Are y'all saving up? Are you working on your credit score? Are y'all saving up to get a house? Is there marriage at this? What is coming out of it? Because in the day and age of 2023, most people can only say they're getting dick and some gum. That's it. Neither one of us is helpful for nothing. So we have to start. You should. Let me rephrase that. Because you don't have to. Really, you can live your life the way you see fit. And if it makes you sleep better at night, great. But like the message said, don't complain then. Because you asked for it. If you already know this person is no good in your life, and you still sitting there taking it, you ask for it. You're not a tree. You're not planted in the ground. You can get up and move at any time. But we give ourselves excuses, and we, we see these red flags, and we try to change them into green. And who's that helping? We see all these things and we want to ignore it and try to justify it. Oh, well, I did worse. You're right. But what age were you when you did these things? <laughs> so, wow. I had a, a few people this week tell me what I used to do. I'm the author. I know what I did. I was there. Nine times out of ten, you weren't. Most people hear it. They hear a story. They weren't there. Because the people that usually were there is either dead or in jail. So... When I did a lot of my stuff, and then I started learning after I got arrested with my friend Carol to do my dirt by my lonely. But if you ask me, like my mother or somebody, I kept it real. I ain't have to. My mother used to always tell us when you lie, it's because you're scared of someone or you're scared of them knowing who you are. My father used to always tell me, if you don't stand on anything, stand on your morals and principles. If you did it, own it. Own it. You ain't have a problem with doing it. You weren't scared when you were doing it, so don't be scared now. So when I got out there, me and Carol, my friend Carol Costello, we got out there and we were stealing and doing all that. We got in trouble. My father, when he walked in the door in the precinct, he said, you stole it? I said, yes, sir. And Carol looked at me and was like, why are you telling? Because I did. The fuck? I, we wouldn't be here if we didn't, man. What the fuck? I'm just going to keep on. I'm not doing that. I, I don't have no reason to lie. I'm not scared of my family. 
I'm not scared of my mother and father. I respect them. I honor them. I hold them in a high regard, but I'm not scared of them because they're here to help me. Where everybody else, all these people you call your friends and all that, where they at? They ain't coming. My parents are going to be here. So, of course, I'm not going to let them walk in the door and not tell them what happened. My mother taught us this when we were kids. I was going into uh, ISA, and my mother said, hey, she said, I got this money. And she back then, food stamps was paper. She had all these food stamps, and she said, because they had owed her back. And she said, come on. She took us, i never forget, she took us to Kifu over there by ISA. She said, get what y'all want. So I had my friend Nisi with me and my friend Kim, and we got a big shopping cart. I got all these different things. I'm like, yeah, girl, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. And my mother had us, or my brother horse, my brother man, like we all had our shopping carts, and we are going up. You know, everybody got their stuff, their snacks and everything, right? And she said, oh, don't worry about it. Put it all in there. Put it in there. We get to the line. She kept walking out. Looking at her like, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, where's she going? She walking, walking all the way home. I'm mad because I got to leave my stuff. I'm embarrassed in front of my friends. Man, I was feeding. I was so fucking mad. But I can't curse my mother out. But I'm talking about it like a dog to my friends and them. And we get to the house and my mother's sitting on the step. Laughing her ass off. And I'm like, what is wrong with you, lady? Why you leave? Like, that lady had all the stuff there. She said, that's how I feel when somebody has to come and tell me about my kids. She said, and take this as a lesson. I said, you could have just told us that. But my brother was out there robbing people, and they had came back and told my mother, and they was going to arrest him. My brother Horse was doing all kinds of shit, and I was out in the street hustling and selling weed. So, of course, we were out there just doing whatever the fuck we want. But, of course, we have a gossiping goddamn neighborhood, so they always telling my mother. So my mother said, I'd rather show you than tell you. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. It's frustrating. And that's all what we felt when we stood there on that line putting our shit up on that conveyor belt and we couldn't get none of that because the lady with the money kept walking. Like, <laughs> yo. Oh, my God. So from that day forward, I ain't gonna fuck what it was. I never forget we were sitting in my mother's kitchen table. First time I had sex. I said, Ma, I had sex today. All my friends were like, oh, my God, you tell my mother. You, yeah, you fucking right. She said, we'll go to the doctor tomorrow. I said, okay. Because ain't no fucking way in hell I'm gonna sit here. Friends are maybes. And as my ex-husband used to always say, when shit get too thick, people thin out. My mother wasn't thinning out. So, of course. But once again, you ask for it to be an adult, to be responsible, to have your own crib, to do all these things. Pray to maintain it. Pray to have the mentality to keep it, to receive it. Want in one hand and shit in the other. Because you want all these things. And when you get them, you can't even keep them. If you saying you want to learn about financial stability, then there's no way you should be worrying about your bills or anything like that and praying for money or getting online. Yo, my godmother said that. When I posted, I remember I did a live and I was like, yeah, I ain't asked for nothing, but I had my cash app up there. She said, don't be a fucking idiot. You sitting saying you don't want nothing, but your cash app up there. Which you, you want something or you don't? Be honest. And I was like, damn. So, yeah, don't ask for something. And you want these things. But then when people check you, don't get an attitude, neither. They're not embarrassing you. I can see if they're putting it online or telling 15 million people. No, they're telling you. And when it comes from a place of love, it's because they see your potential. 
and they want you to grow. I had a good girlfriend. The story's established. She's an author, right? I said, yo, you know, I'm, I'm ready to take that next step. What I need to do? She said, well, you need to get your weight in order. And I was like, wow. Okay. She said, nah, for real. Because if you're going to go on book signings and you're going to do all of this to promote your book, people are investing in you. They ain't got time to be like, oh, I can't breathe. I can't do this. Oh, my body hurt. Anybody got time for that? You're a product. You are the brand. You're selling you. The fuck I want a brand that I want to invest in and you can't even uphold it. You can't even do the things that I'm signing up for you to do. And I loved her for that. And I remember telling a girlfriend of mine about it. And it was like, oh, she's fat shaming you. That's disgusting. I wouldn't be your friend. She's an established author. See, I hang around people that's already established. Why? I don't want to be intimidated. When I come in the room, I want to read the room. I'm not in the room worrying about who's fucking who and who's doing this in the daily gossip. I'm worrying about, yo, who's plugged into what? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I want to start writing. I want to put my books out there. They say, yo, start this right here. Use Amazon as your tool. Start putting it out there, you know, because this right here is your exercise. She said, you know how many books that I look back before Amazon was even there? She said, how many books I look back where I was doing self-publishing and all the mistakes and errors? She said, and people would criticize me and they would talk about me. She said, but I didn't give up. She said, until I sat down and after I went and started investing myself and started making sure I can afford an editor and things like that, she said, money got to come from somewhere. And I was like, damn, you're right. She said, but most people won't get that. What they'll get is, girl, why you keep on putting those books out? Uh-uh, they don't even, they not even put together. They're not. But I'm making money when I'm asleep. What are you doing? See, that's, that's it. And why are you so busy worrying about that saying is true? It's the empty car that makes the most noise. These people are not doing that. They're not doing what you're doing. They're watching you and they're hoping that you fail. But guess what? While they're watching, some will buy the book just to criticize it, but you're still getting a check from them. The same way when people tune into my pages, I'm still getting a, a check. Thank you, because you, you tuned in. I had a friend ask me yesterday, oh, my God, you're always online because I get paid. I don't be in there all day. I get paid. What? After you reach a certain number, you get paid. So, yes. And do I get frustrated when people want to try to mess that up? Yes. You know, I, I don't I don't knock nobody else's hustle. I don't, you know, tell people, yo, don't do this and that. This is my livelihood. But see, when people don't understand your vision and they don't get what you're doing, they'll make a mockery out of it. The first thing they say, oh, you're little, you're little. You're right. It is little. But it's mine. It's mine. And I value it because I built it from the ground up. I built it. I didn't do it by myself. I had a lot of hands to help me. And those hands weren't by blood. Strangers. It was my homeboy that said, here, he gave me $1,500. I said, yo, I'm not sleeping with you. He said, I don't want you to sleep with me. He said, but I want you to know that there's people out here that believe in you. And that just made me cry. I had people that were, when I, I was looking, you know, it's something when, your, your friends and your family when they don't think about what it is you may need. And it's always, well, I helped you, I helped you. Man, for three years, I was really trying to save up to get my Santos. But I made sure I took care of everybody else. But when it was time, not nobody came together and said, yo, let's put some money together and get it. It was Kate, the child of a Chelsea. She said, yo, go get your Santos. She gave me 2000 
Then Juan G and everybody just started pouring. And I, yo, that year, that day, I had $5,000. I had to tell people, yo, stop giving me donations. I, I made it. And it was like, no, I get flowers and, you know, you got to get there to get a cab. And one day I had $5,000. They said, yo, go get your saints. And I did that. Everyone that gave me, and I'm not angry or anything like that, but everyone that gave me was strangers. I remember going to my brother and them and asking them, I was like, yo, man, can y'all help me? Can y'all, you know, help me get my saints? Can you help me to do this? They started laughing at me. And they was like, you homeless. What the fuck? You crazy. Oh, my goodness. But my homeboy once said, yo, if you believe it, I believe it. And he gave me $700. I already had six. Then people just started pouring into me. When I started to open up my store, I never forget. I was sitting around in Lakia's kitchen telling all of them. And they told me I was stupid. Until this day, I remember Yolanda sitting there saying, oh, but your store is closed. No, it's online. But it took me all over the world. I have a passport where it got stamped. I've sat on stages with people that I saw on TV that I thought I would never get a chance to see. I've touched shoulders with so many people that it just, it shocks me. I went to an event and... When they asked me, I stood up and I, they asked me my name and I stood up and I said, Ifa Bale. And they were like, oh, we follow you. And I was like, word. And it was so amazing to be in a bookstore and somebody walks up to you and go, yo, I watch your, your, your lives. Or to be somewhere like recently, I was on my way to Detroit and coming back and it was like, yo, your podcast is good. Keep going. What? No, I'm not famous, famous. Don't get it twisted. But I'm definitely not unknown, and I'm grateful for it. No, I don't have the best of a life, but guess what? I'm not where I used to be. I was married twice. I have four children. My son I had when I was 14 going on 15. I took care of all of them. They never went through the stuff, the system, or none of that. Took a village to raise them, and they did that. But I'm forever grateful for every journey of my life, for every downfall, for every uphill climb, for every obstacle, all of that. But I prayed for each plate that I had. And on the days that I thought I was going to complain, spirit definitely, the ancestors and everybody else definitely let me know, you asked for it. Should have prayed to maintain it. Should have prayed to learn how to take care of it. That's why I stopped praying for money. I pray for health. But what's the use of you praying for health if you're not doing anything to take care of yourself? You know, and it was so funny because I got a letter today. And I have. I've been on my doctor's appointments. I've been making sure that I've been eating right and things like that. And they sent me this beautiful $50 Starbucks card to say thank you for making sure that you're healthy. And that you are maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And it came from my insurance company. And I was like, wow. I looked around to all my friends. And I never forget, we was all sitting around when I last time I was in Queens. And somebody had brought up life insurance because one of our friends had passed away. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to be getting it. I'm looking into it. And they looked at me and I said, no, I have a, a policy. Matter of fact, I have two. 
And they looked at me like, up to date? Yeah. Through your job? No. A friend of mine that's established, she said, how can you even talk to someone? And it's true that you want to be so great, you want to be this, and you can't even maintain the simple things in your life. What about life insurance? What about making sure that you're healthy? What about going to doctors? What about just taking care of you first? Because how can you sit out here and say you want to help the world when you can't even help the very person that, sent, that God sent and gave the vision to help everybody? So you're going to halfway do it? Then you might as well halfway be a healer and there's no such thing as that. Oh my God, E5, but we don't have to do all that. Yes, you can. You get a policy for $10. You can. And I learned that from my God sister. Oh man, I love her. She's crowned about that lot. I love her. I love her. Mama Nelly, I know if you ever listen to this, man, shout out to you. She went and got her lawyer. She went and got all her stuff, you know, certified. And she started that. And I'm like, yo, it's the simplest things. But we so busy worrying about all the other things that we pray for these things. And when we get it, we can't maintain it. So we lose it. And then we get mad at the world and mad at ourselves and call ourselves a failure. But here it is. You have the resources and the tools. There's no more being lazy. I don't care who's sleeping with who. I don't give a fuck how many people like me. I have to first take care of myself. And when you start making yourself a priority, those duck scrubs and all those things that the low vibrational people would not be in your cipher. Because you already know if you can't, if you can't hold a Life insurance policy. What you doing in my life? Because ain't nobody shelling no goddamn chicken dinners and fish dinners to try to bury you. So nah, those days are over. They're over. If you're out here reading cards doing all of that, what's wrong with putting a little money to the side? I have pumpkins in my house ceramic. I make sure I always pay. And this brother, that I, and I forget his name, but he used to always do that. Every time he got readings or he ever got money, he would always put money aside. And I remember asking him that. Like, yo, why you do that? He said, what's the issue you doing this if you're not paying yourself? And I was like, wow, that's cool. But you learn that when you start working for people. But a simple life insurance. And you know what people tell me? Oh, well, I got life insurance through my job. Do you? Do you? No, I'm covered. Okay. So what happens when the job is over? You can have more than one policy. But wouldn't you want to make sure just in case if they fail and y'all see how the stock markets and everything else have crashed, that you may think you have a policy. But in reality, you may not. Why can't you secure your own stuff? Making sure that you are covered. Life is too fickle. But I love that message. And I'm grateful for it. What's the use of asking? And I give it to you. Give everything you ask for. And you want to complain? <laughs> Here today going tomorrow is real. So my darling people, stay focused. Stay healed. Change the narrative. Let's start putting our priorities and things in order. Now is the time. It's only a few more months before it'd be 2024. And I keep saying, I wonder how we going to be when we end. Because right now, we in the upside down, y'all. And all we can do is pray that it gets better. But it has to start first with you. With you taking a stand. 
I asked this question today and I'm going to ask it with everyone else. If money was taken away and the only thing you could get paid for is by your morals and principles, will you be able to receive a paycheck? Ask yourself that. If money was taken away out of this world today and the only way you will get paid is by your morals and principles, will you be able to survive? That'll answer everything. Y'all be good.